It's almost like that the government's been criminally underfunding these services for On a number purpose. of years now. On purpose. <laughs> so it's so untenable that the only resort is to go private. God, she's so cynical, Gav. Armageddon! Speaking of which... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And our disaster season continues to hurtle towards a horrifying conclusion as this week we put Armageddon on trial. Is it Deep Impact or is it just the tip? Oh. I mean like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, will this film be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list? Now, before we go on to the trial, our last film on trial was Twister, which Ozzy judged and deemed should be placed on the hit list. He has since gone away, watched the film. What do you think of the film, Ozzy? I think it could easily have landed on the shit list, let's be absolutely honest. This isn't a great film, but you know what? like so many films that i've uh popped on the hit list when we thought they were 50 50. i thought it was just as entertaining now as it was previous but it is a sheer film you've just got to take it for what it is to enjoy it so it was an enjoyable uh weekend to uh to, to watch that on the saturday night but it wasn't it's not a good film definitely oh, not man, a saturday night as well no, you feel like your night was wasted a little bit. Those are the big plans. Uh, a, a little bit, yeah. Luckily, it was after a, I'd been out on the Friday night, so the the whole Saturday was wasted regardless. So watching <laughs> Twister was just top, you know, the tip of the iceberg, essentially, like you said earlier. And, and do you know when you were watching it and you were you were filled with rage, who were you thinking about? Who were you, who were you blaming? <laughs> I uh, I wasn't filled with rage at how shit a film it was, but I was. Uh, I did feel a little bit duped, to be absolutely honest, that you um, that you tricked me into thinking it was better than it. Yeah, I, I remembered who, it being who was it? Was it me or yeah, Dave's face that was swimming up in front well, of your eyes? Well, it was almost certainly Dave, because I think you were fairly honest throughout that it was Thank a shit you. film, I and I thought, you were, I thought you were trying <laughs> to uh, play it. It was still entertaining. I still enjoyed it. It was just... Um, like you said, you can enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it for different reasons, not because of its cinematic prowess. You can enjoy it just for what it is. It's kind of mindless but, entertainment, you know. But to be clear, Judge Dave, Ozzy just called you a fucking liar. So <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep that in mind. Yeah. No, the funny thing is, I do a lot of duping on this podcast. I lie to your faces many times a week. <laughs> Twister, I was actually quite honest about. I genuinely <laughs> love too. Twister. I genuinely do. I, I think it's a good film. I actually don't think it's a shit film. I think it's good. So maybe my taste can be called into question here, but not my, not my integrity. Not on Twister. <laughs> <laughs> on Twister Week, at any rate. Thank you very much, Ozzy. Now, on to the trial itself. All of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. Acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is Joel. Uh, now, for this week, I have gone with Michael Bay films because I thought the characters were so bland, I couldn't think of insults oh, relating to them. Save it for the trial. <laughs> so, uh, this week, the, the defense is Joel, who is just like Bad Boys. Pretty good as a standalone, but has since been totally eclipsed by his sequel. And who, who, who is my sequel? Joel Jack. Two. Jack. Far oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, superior and, and better, better sequel. Um, and joining Joel is Ozzy, and he's just like Pearl it's So weird. I've What's never it? thought of children as being a sequel. A sequel, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which basically makes like your prequel being your parents. Yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, Jordan Joel is Ozzy, and Ozzy is just like Pearl Harbor, the definition of rubbing salt in the wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't those people suffered enough? <laughs> and after this prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Alex, and Alex is just like The Rock, constantly reminding people that for a very brief time, Old Sean Connery and young Nick Cage were big action stars. Yeah. 
<laughs> and joining I was Alex. waiting for a ball joke, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there, isn't it? He doesn't have to make him anymore. He just he just mentions the actors and you do it for, you do it for him, Joel. <laughs> and joining Alex is me, and I'm just like ambulance, loud, flashy, and obnoxious. <laughs> and just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts. And in the role of judge, who has to decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him, is Dave. And Dave is just like Transformers, an 80s throwback whose presence was initially well-received before he massively overstayed his welcome, and now everybody just wants him to go. (laughs) (laughs) hauntingly apt (laughs) hauntingly apt now before we get started i think that we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about so let us spin the wheel of impressions and that has landed on alex so how would we like alex to read out the synopsis what we do here is we read out the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film so what about i'm thinking bruce willis or steve buscemi bruce willis or steve buscemi, this is yeah. my normal voice to be honest joel <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking gav i was thinking as steve tyler <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't got a fucking clue. I could no. Uh, five yeah. octave range, Alex. Five octave yeah. range. Yeah. Wafter discovery. discovering that an asteroid the size of Texas will impact us in less than a month. NASA recruits a misty team of deep core drillers to save the planet. Not a big Aerosmith fan, so I was just sort of guessing from listening to Dave's music what, what they might have sounded like. <laughs> I am a huge Aerosmith fan, so Joel and Ozzy are in the lead already. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Oh, amazing, Alex. Well done. Uh, yeah, well, without further hesitation, Dave, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah, no problem. I have, of course, seen Armageddon, but it has been a few years, so I don't remember it particularly well. Um, I know Michael Bay pretty well. I know his style. I know what he, the guy's about, so um, I'm <laughs> pretty pretty good idea what to expect. I'm pretty sure I remember those bits pretty clearly, but all the same, remind me of all details you want me to consider. Take nothing for granted imagine i haven't seen armageddon or ever heard of michael bay so you know no holes barred show me everything you got defense take it away everything are you sure you want to see everything everything <laughs> everything the you full michael job. bay the full <laughs> michael bay <laughs> all right so uh, i mean you said it yourself the basic plot is it's an extinction level event basically there's an asteroid the side of texas and it's coming to hit the earth so they come up with a plan to get some drillers to fly into space, drill the astronaut, drill down into the astronaut, blow it up into two pieces, and it will hopefully miss the Earth and save the planet. And that's kind of like the basic plot. If you think of disaster movies, especially around this time, everybody knows Armageddon. There's so many really good moments and things like that in there. You know, the soundtrack is a big plus as well, obviously. It's been probably overplayed to death so much so that I, I, it almost makes me hate the film, to be honest, but I'm, 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 I'm here to defend it, not, nevertheless. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it ticks all the boxes for me. We spoke about Twister kind of last week and how kind of nonsensical that was. You know, it was basically like a scientist dick swinging contest in the end. And this is much much better in every single way you know it's, a, it's an extinction level event as i say so it's there's actual stakes at place here Possibly you know, the it, biggest dick you could get exactly yeah. Yeah. i thought that's what you were gonna say it's a much much bigger dick michael bay would love that analogy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> so they either destroy this astronaut or you know the earth's done for and of course, it's a disaster movie, so you know that it's going to end well, essentially. You know, you're not sat there like mind blown when the astronaut doesn't hit the Earth. But it's about that journey and kind of the, the tense moments along the way that 
you know, you follow these characters, what's going to happen and that type of thing. And even though, again, it, it was made, you know, what, when was it, 1998, something like that. So over 20 years ago now, it still holds up really well today. Obviously, some of the CGI isn't perfect anymore. But you, you, it's one of those films where you just watch it and you can, you know, kind of go along for the rides. And I think it's definitely got kind of replayability as well. You know, I hadn't seen it in a good kind of 10, 15 years, but there was plenty of bits that I'd forgotten and plenty of bits where I was like, you know, what's going to happen next and that type of thing. I'm sure we'll go into the kind of more minute details as, as we kind of drill down a little bit further. But if you're point. looking for a disaster movie that, you know, kind of ticks all the boxes, it's got realistic tension in there, then you can't, you definitely can't go wrong with Armageddon. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Gav, I noticed your, you put the icon on to raise your hand like five seconds <laughs> into, into what Joel was speaking. I don't He's know what it was. Straight, it was straight after the dick swing, I think. Within seconds of Joel Stein speaking, Gav objected. So I would like to I'm hear from Gav. Now, now, yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? But all the same, I want to hear from Gav as to what it was that within five seconds he thought he had to uh, to counter. I wouldn't call this a film. No, I I think one thing that the defense and the prosecution can agree on is that this is a disaster. Uh, And Dave, if you've ever wanted or you've ever thought to yourself, you've asked the question, who has got a bigger dick, an oil rigger or an astronaut? Then this film answers that question and only that question. About that time. I like, <laughs> I like how Joel's first positive that he came to was that the soundtrack's good. And then he backed down and said, but it actually makes me hate the film because <laughs> it's been overplayed. <laughs> I have many, many, many gripes with this film. The biggest is the script or severe lack thereof. Proof that if you've got a million monkeys to type on a million typewriters, then they will surely come up with a Hollywood action script. And this is that script. There are, I'll go into obviously much more detail about that later on, but there's also a lot of issues with characters being a collection of poorly written tropes and cliches with a complete lack of chemistry where it mattered. The editing is absolutely frantic. Some scenes feel massively out of place and a lot of the action when it does actually bother to turn up feels very rushed and overly cut. The direction as well, we talk about Michael Bay, I think he's become a bit of a, a, a joke when it comes to directors and sort of overuse of explosions and just action directors in general over the years. This is where the joke began, I think. The direction is subpar. Bay had some success with small scale, big budget action films like The Rock and Bad Boys, but this is a film on a giant scale and he feels out of his depth here. And when I say it's a giant scale, I'm not just talking about the events of the film, which, as Joel said before, are global, but also the budget that was involved as well. He also tries to take a leaf out of James Cameron's book and focus a significant part of this film on a love story, which, well, I mean, it worked with Titanic as Cameron was able to masterfully switch between the action and the romance. But here it feels out of place. It massively bloats the runtime and it slows the pace down. On that note of, of runtime, why on earth is this film two and a half hours long? It is an absolute joke. I really struggled to get through it. This movie could have been an all right, mediocre 1.5 hour film, but it is painfully stretched out by an additional hour. It was actually one of the longest films of the year, only behind drama epics like Saving Private Ryan and The Thin Red Line, although it wasn't too far behind them with regards to runtime. Like the defense might argue that this was the most popular film of 1998 and grossed over 500 million at the global box office, but a film's financial success doesn't adequately represent the quality of the film. Let's not forget that Suicide Squad earned 750 million worldwide and was in the top 10 highest grosses in films of 2017, and that was complete dog piss. And another Michael Bay stinker was Transformers Age of Extinction, which was absolutely awful, but it was the highest grossing film of 2014 with over 1 billion, so completely disregard that bullshit. The defense will also lord over the action and the special effects, but the reality is that there is just not enough of it for a big action film. The bulk of the action is mainly restricted to the last third of the film, and although it is enjoyable in part, it's also frustratingly edited poorly filmed and overused in other parts. 
This should be enjoyable action film that you can switch your mind off to. This should be big, bombastic, balls to the wall romp. But the truth is, it's a poorly acted, boring love story where action is an afterthought. One thing I can agree on, though, is that watching this film did feel like it was the end of days. Shit points. Nice. nice. Okay, Ozzy, I saw your hand was raised there, so I'm going to come to you to counter some of Gav's points. Just a, a quick reminder, Gav says that the script is terrible, that the film is over-edited to the point of frustration. Michael Bay is a joke, <laughs> subpar, with subpar direction, an unnecessary runtime, a cluttered love story with not enough action, and it's poorly acted. There's pretty damning stuff, Austin. Can you head him off on any of these points? Uh, some of these points, potentially. So Gav talked about the uh, million monkeys, so I'd like to counter that. But the, um, There's two actually, million monkeys. There's <laughs> actually only 15,000 monkeys were used for the script. <laughs> and 20,000 monkeys were used to write the uh, the infamous love song. <laughs> and that's just, you know, and, that, and that's just a, a, a small, you know, just the tip of the iceberg of, of Bay's prowess. The guy had a huge budget and he used it incredibly well. He gave immense realism to what is an outrageous spectacle in terms of this is an end of days event is something which is feels quite improbable headed off in like the first sentence that you know we talk about that what killed off the dinosaurs was an asteroid and it's something which has been plaguing scientists ever since we started gazing at the stars could another one happen and then it gives you like some figure about that actually it's 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 plausible that this would happen start of the film so you're in you're involved straight away i think that's clever way to get you on board with this is what's coming to, ha coming to happen. And then the guys managed to, 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 um, to secure access to like Air Force One, to actual NASA training equipment. So the realism involved for these shots, it, it's unparalleled, you know, so you might, you might, you can't, I, I actually don't think the script is too bad for an action film. I think it gives you just enough and the story is pushed forward nicely. So not too dissimilar to the way we're talking about Twist though previous is that the script isn't isn't it's there to push things forward do you know what i mean it's not like i'm not i'm not you know i just said that twister wasn't a great film but it was entertaining and it's entertaining because it moves things forward at a good pace so the two and a half hours isn't wasted two and a half hours it, i didn't think in in the slightest that that was an overly long film because i think this this love story that gav so cynically pushed aside it's it's built up nicely, you know. We Bruce Willis is a you know overbearing hard man sort of persona, and and you've got to build up that love he has for his daughter and what he wants is for her to be better than you know for for always to do better than him. So you, the the relationship isn't just between this you know between Ben Affleck and his daughter. It's between him and Ben Affleck and his daughter. It's you know, it's, it's a Taylor's oldest time, essentially. You know, you see it in, you know, even these days in terms of, like, Stranger Things. It's the same vibe of, like, Hopper with L with Mike. It's the same premise that you get fathers acting in a in a bad way because they want to protect their daughter, you know. And I think it's, it's covered well, which leads even more to the shock at the end of the film when he sacrificed himself to save everyone. And, and I think it's I think it's actually a really good and touching movie. And and I, you know, say what we want about Michael Bay and, and in this there are some incredibly inaccurate explosions and whatnot. But he, you know, he's unabashed about that. He says, you know, we know there's no fire in space, but that's a boring movie, you know. So 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 there'll be explosions and there'll be fire and there'll be, you know, crazy things happening because that's what's entertaining. It's a bit like watching a movie of just a bunch of guys stood at a computer be shit you know what i mean but so he knows what to do in i don't think they're the two options it's not like kind of like a that's, ridiculous that's what bombastic story about space asteroids that's what that's what space travel and it's actually that's what space travel and oil rigging is and it? it's just people sat behind a joystick just it's literally all they do staring at a screen <laughs> so, so it'd be terribly boring. I think there's some, um, uh, there's a few astronauts and, <laughs> and deep sea ultra engineers that might disagree with that. But, but what I'm trying to counter here is that Michael Bay has managed to turn the sort of relatively, you know, niche activities into a, an all-out extravaganza. You know, Joel said that some of the special effects are dated. 
they are. But what he's done instead, you know, he's learned from people's criticisms of uh, Independence Day. And instead of using miniatures to blow up, he decided, you know what we'll do? We're going to blow up an actual size town instead. And he does it. You know, they used an entire studio. They built full-size replicas and then, um, then blew them to bits because he can, because he had the budget for it. He saved the money on 95,000 monkeys so he could blow up a pier. And um, that's money well spent, if you ask me. And that's what we'd all do if you think about it. No one wants to blow miniatures up. We'd blow big shit up. When you think about it, I would. I would. Uh, <laughs> <that> was... <laughs> I mean, I get very, because, you know, if, if Sefton Council ever get a letter from Michael Bay, like, can I come and use your uh, model village? Southport model race. No, 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 yeah. no. no. <laughs> you can fuck right off, Michael. Fountain <laughs> Lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, thank you very much, Austin. So, yeah, some some good points there. I think you you gave me a good, satisfying conclusion to this uh, this love story element. You know, there is something different here. There is the the, the element of the father, you know, trying trying to make himself a third wheel almost in this love story, which is different. You got that self sacrifice at the end. You know, that it, there is characterization there. You might not like it, but there is characterization. So, yeah, there's some good points that Austin's made there about the plot. And you know, this this is ludicrous. We know it's ludicrous, but you know, it's it, it's Michael Bay at the end of that. I, I see where Austin's coming from. You expect this to be a bit nonsensical, uh, but I'm going to come to Alex now. Uh, Cause I know Alex got quite a few points. I'm sure he needs to make the comeback on some of these points. Alex, what you got? Well, it's, it's a difficult job to do. Cause I do feel like Aussie blew so much smoke up your ass there, Dave. That it's, really quite, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite difficult to do it one by one. I felt like but... I was taking off for an asteroid myself. <laughs> Just, it felt like it was coming out of your ears at one point there. Um, <laughs> Just to come back on this this idea of it being good characterization and a, and a good love story, so I think that's the key one to begin on. Like, there's about I would say the dialogue between Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck is possibly about fifteen lines. Like, there's about two or three scenes where he's actually talking to Liv Tyler as his daughter. Maybe not even that. Maybe three. And between Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck, there's one, two, three, four, I think, scenes in the entire two and a half hours. This is not, and this was not a, a, a film that was based on this love story. This love story was shoehorned in after it was reshot after the film had been made. This is, this is a complete mess of a film and could have been taken in all different ways. And like Gav was saying, the, the editing was um, pretty, pretty horrendous in this. You know, I think the the love story between them was because of Titanic and they wanted, it was just a pure, this is just a pure cinematic cash grab, which Titanic was, but at least there was a bit of heart behind it, whereas this just does feel cynical when you're watching it. And that, and that you know, the, the, the love story is just, it's just not done at all. It is just a huge, gigantic waste of money. And the big elephant in the room, Dave, is just to get, and I know we're saying that it's daft and it's Michael Bay, but drillers going into space to <laughs> blow up an asteroid rather than, and you know, Ben Affleck made this comment on the commentary. If you've never seen it before, it's absolutely hilarious, but he just goes like, why would you not train astronauts to drill <laughs> rather than drillers to become astronauts? And it's a, and it's a question the film cannot answer. And I it don't does know answer what, it. it, but no, no. And, it. and I don't, not satisfactory, no, no, not in a satisfactory way. It. But I would. No, I, let me. I, no, 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 Aussie. No, like it, it, it's just it absolutely. Answers that question. No, it doesn't. It, it's it absolutely does. absurd. That, like, is this the, the quote where Ben Ben asked this of Michael Bay on yeah. set, and his Shut response up, was, "Shut the fuck up, Ben." <laughs> Shut the fuck up, ben. <laughs> yeah, and then, but then he answers it in the film. It, honestly, it's answered in Go the on. film. Well, what's the answer? Why can't they train the astronauts to drill? Because so they so they employ Harry. They employ him to train the astronauts to drill. And they say, well, how much time have we got? And he says, well, do actually, days. what are they learning to do? And he said, well, they're just learning to drill. He said, do we have to do any astronaut shit? And he says, no, there, well, you don't have to do anything astronaut. You don't have to do any spacewalks. You don't have to do anything to do with being an astronaut except for go up. He's like, well, I'd rather use my team because I trust them all. It's really dangerous. <laughs> but, but, so, but, but all you have to do is a driller. And Ben Affleck makes this point again. I'm stealing it. Is you have to point the, the drill down and turn it on. Do you know what I mean? Like That's all you have to do. And so I, I do feel like the astronauts, it's a weird one to do because the film tries so hard. And like, I get it. Ozzy's right. The, the, the film is, does come up with these kind of like nonsensical 
reasons to to send oil drillers up but why <laughs> why must we have oil drillers in space why do i want to see oil drillers who the fuck are oil drillers do you know what i mean this is not a, a subset of people they're not cowboys they're not fucking you know what i mean they're not an interesting set of people why is the film trying so hard to get oil drillers into space and it does it spends an hour of the film desperately trying to push oil drillers and it's you know and it, th these put these things that people are saying about Bruce Willis being the best. It's like pe when people say you can't drill something, he's the guy to drill it. And and you just like the film doesn't <laughs> even lean driller. into this absolute <laughs> this absolute absurdity that like why are we doing it? And you know at certain points like this character saying like you know I'm not I'm just an oil driller. You know, and it's like the Steve Tyler, like Steve why? Tyler of oil regulation. <laughs> why, why are we, why, why are we doing this? Like, who are oil drillers? Who's paying Michael Bay, the oil driller union, or something? I have no idea. So that whole thing just like fucks the film from the get go, basically, because you spend and and you know, Ozzy said as well that the film's really well paced. It's absolutely that's the biggest um, thing I disagree with there. An hour of the film is spent convincing us that we must send these oil drillers up and finding all <laughs> finding all about these oil drillers and their and their quick backstories which because there's eight or nine of them you don't find out much you don't know who aj is ben affleck's character you don't know much about any of them and you don't know much about harry so you know it's it's a weird hour spent like not believing that these oil drillers would be sent and not really caring who they are and then the next hour and a half is just action scene action scene action scene action scene action scene where it's just you know it's just michael bay on on like coke basically where you just like you, you nothing can be that's just regular michael bay oh yeah but <laughs> it, I, I think even he has said you know I, it was poorly pet he like michael bay himself there's, has said there's no way he's criticized himself he has he said the third act of the film <laughs> wasn't good I, I would like to say for legal reasons, we're not suggesting that Michael Bay was on coke when he made <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think he's been on coke since Transformers, to be honest. Like, I, However, I think... to keep up with the pace of the film, half a line might help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I felt like I had my heart was beating. So it, it cannot get past it cannot get past its own absurdity. And the thing is, Dave, it's boring. It's a boring watch that doesn't even lean in. It's not like space cowboys that enjoys its absurdity of doing it do you know what i mean that that kind of makes fun of it and it, and it just borrows heavily the last point is it just it like outright steals from the right stuff like it just these the scenes where they've got enema bags and all the training it just steals it's not even like a com you know it's not even funny and like apollo 13 so the first hour you've seen it all before and the last hour and a half god i wish i'd never seen it it's just it's a really <laughs> it's a really bad film dave and it's not it's uh it's not one you will enjoy for two and a half hours. Okay. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, that's given me a lot. Of, I mean, I'm still chuckling to myself about you know, Bruce Willis's character being described as, you know, when you got something you can't drill into, this is the guy you get. Like, you'll never get oil out of that diamond. Hold my drink. You know? Like, oh, my God. He did. What about his apple, Bruce? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. He's got oil from apples. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He this... just squeezes it hard enough and oil. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it sounds ridiculous but it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun at the same time you know which is kind of what i, I think michael bay is probably going for but joel i want to come back to you uh on some points i've been told it's poorly acted i've not got anything solid to go off there there's just that was hinted at before so i'd like to hear a little about you know the uh, the characters we've got here and the performances that the cast put in who have we got who's around who and how, how do they do uh yeah i just want to Quickly mention one of the points that Alex, you know, brought up. you know, I'd say that if you sat there watching why are they taking drillers into space, you're watching the fucking film the wrong way. It's about an asteroid that's going to plow into Earth and destroy everything. Just sit back and chill out and watch the action. Similar thing to, you know, watching Jurassic World or something. If you're th thinking, you know, how the hell are they cloning these dinosaurs? You're watching the film. Why are they still space. doing it? Yeah, like it, it, there's just <laughs> certain types of films where you have to turn that part of your brain off. I understand the point, but, you know, that shouldn't be included in the film. Uh, so in terms of the cast and characters, I mean, the, the actual cast here is absolutely pornographic. Like, it, it's absolutely great, especially <laughs> for the for the late 90s. We've got Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Tyler. Will Patton, still, still Steve Buscemi, Owen Wilson, William Fitchner, 
Michael Clark Duncan, uh, Jason Isaacs, you know, that's just naming half a dozen of them. The, the actual cast here is absolute bang on. And some of the, um, you know, actual characters could be fleshed out more, but this is the late 90s and it's a disaster movie. You know, we're not expecting deep, deep characters. It's not a character study in terms of what goes on in the mind of a driller. If it was, then it would maybe be called something different. So <laughs> the, the characters are, are fine. You know, I wasn't watching it thinking, you know, boy, these characters are, are just all weak. Yeah, I was just in the right frame of mind to watch this film. And we've already spoken about the love story and it does feel a little bit tagged on, on onto the end, but at least it gives some of the actions in the film like some meaning. Basically, at the end, uh, Ben Affleck's character, AJ, he draws the short straw and he's the one who's meant to stay behind and blow up the asteroid like manually. Bruce Willis kind of locks him in, I think, like a uh, like an air vent or something like that. And, and he takes the job for him because he knows that, you know, his, his life basically will have less of an impact. And, you know, his daughter will be happy with AJ. And like, at least it gives that final act a little bit more meaning rather than just having Bruce Willis sacrifice himself just for the sake of sacrificing himself. And in terms of the rest of the characters, I think you kind of get, you kind of care about them a little bit, not in like an overly heartfelt way, but you want them to live. I don't don't know why. I think it's just something that happens in disaster movies. The characters that you follow, you just want to live unless they're overly annoying. And there isn't really any overly annoying characters in this, I would say. Um, another thing that you know I'd kind of point towards is the fact that this isn't really that predictable. Um, you know, we spoke about Twister last week, and I think a lot of what happens there is quite predictable. But in here, you know, it, you have two spacecrafts; one of them blows up, or like there's you know half of the characters gone instantly. You have like a drill; they start drilling, that drill blows up. You know, there's a lot of stuff here that you kind of don't see coming, um, and I think that's very important for a disaster movie because it, if it is like so predictable, then you kind of ruin the pretense, if you like, and and some of the tension that happens. I mean, like I said in my original argument, you know, nobody is going to be surprised when they save the day at the end. But it's about like the journey and getting there and how these characters like evolve along the way. So yeah, in terms of the, the cast, as I say, absolutely pornographic. In terms of the acting, like obviously it's going to be mixed. It's the late 90s. The script was pretty much thrown together. But I would say if you've if you've come here for the script and if you've come here for deep characters, You've come to the wrong place. If you've come for an actual disaster film with real tension, you care about the end result type of thing, then this is the film for you. So it all it all depends what mindset you go in to watch this film, I would say. Hey, thank you very much. Gav, I'm going to come to you now. This does sound like a good cast. I mean, pornographic was the word used. That is a, that is a good sounding cast, you know. We've all had thoughts about Will Patton over the years that I don't think any of us want to admit to, but <laughs> Joel's got a point. That is a, was it that, that is a, fight scene in The Postman? That I really mean, got... it's there. It's, up there. <laughs> it's definitely one of the, too... it's definitely one of the search, searches on my head in there. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, like, it's, it's in that chart of like where it's got like, you know, Pornhub searches. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pleased I picked Will Patton for this bit. I really am. But that is, that is a good sounding cast. It really is some good actors in there as well. Some of them just known for being movie stars. Some of them can really act though. And Joel has kind of explained the way this, this problem with the plot. It's like, you know, like Ozzy provided a pretty good explanation there for the uh, why Sandrilla's in the space. But as Joel says, not that he ne- really needed to. You don't need to over-explain this. It's daft. We get it. But it's got to be good. It's got to be entertaining. And while Joel says the action is good, I think you said before that it, it lacked pace. Yeah. And that it was, and I think Alex said it was boring. I want yeah. to hear about this action and uh, any points you might have on casting characters. Th- thanks, Dave. So I, I'll come to the casting characters in, in a bit, just to kind of talk about action and how it relates in, in the script. I, 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 w- I will say that like Joel's argument of, oh, you know, it's daft, switch your mind off, doesn't work because it's such a poorly paced film. It is very, very boring in parts. Like the film opens with some random owl fella discovering the asteroid, which is the size of Texas, which somehow NASA and any other equivalent government space program across the world managed to just completely miss. And then in the next scene, it flips to an asteroid attack, which destroys a lot of Manhattan. 
And I don't know if it's a poor script or poor editing, but this just feels like this scene has been taken from a later part of the film and just inserted here to create some, some action. Because between that and when they go to space, there isn't a lot. We're, we're told that this asteroid is going to hit in 18 days' time and it will destroy the Earth. So it's a race against the clock, supposedly, because the film then just doddles along with a complete lack of urgency. Everybody seems to have forgotten that there was an asteroid attack in Manhattan, as it's barely mentioned again. There's about a 15-20 minute montage that Alex alluded to earlier, where it's basically Harriet and NASA agents going across country to pick up Harry's ragtag crew and enroll them onto the mission. But before this montage even happened, Harry was picked up by NASA from the oil rig where all of his crew were. So this entire montage scene just feels completely fucking pointless. Now, I just I, Alex mentioned, sec, Gav. like, I, I, it's it's just a random point, but like, you know, when I'm in work and somebody says, like, oh, can you go to like the office in like London or whatever? I'm really put out then. So I can imagine, you know, what Ben Affleck's crew felt like when he's like, oh, do you want to come into space just for a bit of drilling? <laughs> and also. And when Joel gets called to go to the, to London, they don't say, hey, Joel, bring all your mates with you just in case we need them as well. They just bring Joel. And then when he's in London and they say, oh, actually, I could have done with my team of eight ragtag buddies, they have to go and find them from their house. Do you true, know, because they've true. all gone home by that time. Yeah, so. and you know what? I can, I can see it, right? That is the one thing I've got <laughs> wrong about Armageddon. It's the fact that, you know, like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have had a bit of foresight and said, bring your mates with you, but they should have just left it as it was and pissed away like so, days trying to get the crew together. It's almost like NASA hadn't thought of the brilliant idea about, no, we should send the oil drillers up into space like it hadn't it hadn't occurred to them at that point had it that's the big that issue brainwave. right is that instead of trying to think of a clever way to get these oil drillers to space they just decide it'll be easier to fucking send the oil drillers to space than it would the astronauts there's no thought into it at all like the, the crew doesn't actually get to space until the 70 minute mark what happens between then and the beginning of the film is not a lot the, the defense argues that we spend the time getting to know the characters you do not spend a lot of time getting to know these characters as alex said before there's that many of them that is barely any time spent on any of them so you don't really develop any connections and when they do die you're not really asked because you haven't really built an emotional connection with them like i really blame the fact that there are not one not two not three nine different writers who were involved in this script at one point or another including jj abrams thought you said it was and, a million monkeys which one is it <laughs> well uh, <laughs> nine fucking hollywood writers probably equals a million monkeys to be honest and you get the sense when you're watching this film that it is just a lot of cooks spoiling the broth on this the, the pacing as i mentioned you've got like that whole 70 minute period where not a lot happens it's a very long and drawn out boring ordeal You've got a couple of asteroid attacks that are poorly edited thrown in to ensure that the audience doesn't fall asleep. Then it does pick up a little bit from the 70 minute mark, but once again, it's very drawn out. For example, the crew starts drilling into the asteroid to place the bomb almost 50 minutes before the credits roll. Why does it take 50 minutes to wrap the film up? It's just like, there's no, there's no need for it to be that long. The dialogue itself is just a, a collation of cliches, jingoism and exposition. And there's even a point later on that I want to remind you about, Dave, that you may have forgotten. Steve Buscemi's character is allied on to do something important, but he can't deliver at a crucial moment because he comes down with a case of space dementia. Like, that is something, that's a fucking placeholder that somebody wrote as a laugh. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we'll have to remove that when it comes time to film and, and they just forgot to do it. And like, talking about the characters, John mentioned that this is a pornographic cast. Like, honestly, this is like thinking that you're about to watch a porno and then press and play and realizing that it's one of those Channel 5 B-movie ones where, like, the actors hey, have sex with they, their jeans on. They, That's all we had back in the day, guys. Yeah, they got through some tough yeah. times. Don't, I won't be hearing <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember a time pre-internet, by the way, Gav, so... Uh... Yeah, we had to make do back in our day. All right, Gav. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, the, the characters themselves... Harry, Harry's character, it's just that ultra, like, the, the performance itself, it was the beginning of Bruce Willis churning out this ultra stoic performance that bordered on bland. The character himself is just a walking action stereotype, which includes the following tropes, the celibate hero, the jerk with the heart of gold, the overprotective father, and ultimately the heroic sacrifice as well. And Harry and Grace's relationship just doesn't feel believable at all because there's no chemistry between the two actors. You don't for one minute think that they're father and daughter. And talking about unbelievable Believable relationships, AJ and Grace. As Alex said before, it feels like it's been written like 
very frantically and tagged on after test audiences didn't agree with the original film. It feels so forcibly manufactured that it comes across as nothing more than unlikable. And once again, maybe it's because Affleck and Tyler were very early on in their acting career, but they just feel very green. Their performance doesn't feel believable. And they've got a lack of chemistry. Like Honestly, I could go on and on about just how bland and uninteresting the characters are but i wouldn't want to waste my breath all i'm going to say dave is don't believe the defense on this this is not a good film it is actually fucking boring you've heard them throughout talk about like oh all the bad things within independence day and within twister we i tell you right now next week when we put our next film on trial they will be talking about the bad things that happened in armageddon that they swept under the rug here again no chance no chance. This is a, this is as close to pure cinema that Hollywood has ever been, mate. This is this has been <laughs> too too much. Like, without no, without <laughs> this is like they have they have taken you know the the concept of realism and thrown it out of the water. They've gone. This is entertainment. This is what we're trying to make. This is art. This is what Michael they're creating. Has taken the this concept is, of realism. <laughs> <laughs> and he has just expanded. I mean, if only my my uh, I had the words to describe my hand actions to uh, to match. But like without doubt, they, they they've this is this is pure entertainment. Yeah, you know, and it's been created for entertainment's sake. This is like Michael Bay at you know at his purest. This is this is what he does. He, he blows shit up. Like He's got incredible camera angles. It starts with New York City being blown up. You know, like like asteroids coming in it's action from the get-go you've got to pace it back from there so you start with a big bang and you slow it down and you work it through you know that's how it works Isn't that your that's... motto to sex as well <laughs> that's exactly it. yeah i need to... well, that's it because you need a break you know you need to like, a break before you go back again get a glass of water have a little sit yeah. down as he's essentially saying yeah, like... 56 <laughs> seconds of pure gold push, 92 minutes of next to nothing and then another 30 minutes of just gentle gentle working it back up for another, another you know another 50 minute ending <laughs> and Aerosmith plays over the a end, gigantic right? nuclear explosion yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like your cigarette and we're enjoying <laughs> No, I think it's a perfect metaphor, and Michael Bay <laughs> sums that up, um, you know, incredibly actually. This, like, you know, we, we laugh and we joke. I, I do think this is the perfect. He was the perfect director for a movie like this, and this is, it's a, you know, without doubt, this was That's not conceived comment. by. No, it is a positive comment. We know what he's like. We know he's he's outrageous. I genuinely think that Michael Bay has done a great job of working through a disaster film like this this is it captures your attention builds up some story and yes it is outrageous of course why are you going to bring a fucking oil rigger to space there, there must be a different way you know but it's entertaining the whole way through it's it's just that last set you know it is impactful the the whole build up to bruce willis then you know saying his goodbyes over the monitors Brilliant. I've got a funny feeling Gav's going to edit your bit about helicopters out, but I like <laughs> the rest of it. <laughs> I like the rest of it. It's that impactful ending, you know, more impactful than, say, an asteroid the size of Texas. Alex, I want to hear what your thoughts on this finally. Like when Ozzy's saying that the action is all the way through the film, it, it's just it's just factually untrue. Like, like I was saying before, there's two bits in the first hour of the film where you see New York get decimated and then Shanghai gets decimated a little bit later. And then the last hour and a half, 50 minutes, is just this frenetic uh, action. The, the thing is, like, Ozzy's right, this is Michael Bay, and I don't like Michael Bay's action films, so maybe this is why I don't like Armageddon. You know, other people do, so... But, but what I don't like about it, and I don't like it about J.J. Abrams' films as well, is that there's, there's very little heart to it. It's quite distasteful, and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So New York is destroyed... But you're watching it through the eyes of this guy who's, you know, a quick character that you meet who's got a dog and he's on a bike and he's driving through. And then he's having an argument with this guy and he's being a little bit racist. And then an asteroid booms and explodes New York and everything goes and everything's cars start flipping. And you're just like, why? why? You know, you, you already got a headache. You're just like, why the hell did I get introduced to that character? You never see him again. And, and New York and, and, you know, and I know this isn't the film's problem but at the end you've got like the twin towers that are like burning and you've got all of the all of the buildings all exploded 
and you're left with just a deep-seated like oh my god that's horrendous that's like you know that's this is not as bad as independence day but that's a huge bit in independence day when new york is destroyed and it's never mentioned again no one ever really talks about new york or you know which would be a perfect way to set it up for we need to destroy this astronaut you'd think the characters would talk about it a lot but i agree with gav this has been edited back into the beginning of the film and, and that's why no one's mentioning new york it, it's not a choice it's it's poor editing and this is what michael bay is bringing to the table shanghai is the same it's too much he had this whole set and he michael bay decided to destroy the entire film maybe they were in, <laughs> o- ozzy's just written a private message to say maybe they were in mourning possibly and the, and the pain was too much it's possible shanghai's totally destroyed because michael bay does not have any restraint in his action he just destroys the whole set and it's too much for the audience because you're just like oh my god like and and there's no it's not even in a safe way there's nowhere to like contain the emotion in the audience of like you know this this place has been destroyed it's just like moving on move on right next thing you see billy bob thornton put his head in his hands and then you know you're back to jokes about them getting enemas and stuff like that it's it, it's really because it's badly edited it's it's just really just all over the place and so you go from these from the first hour which is very slow and you only have these two quite distasteful action bits you then as soon as those rockets go up you're into this absolutely frenetic nonsense and the pacing's off it feels like they they launch up into space and then they go to the space station and they dock on the space station and then the space station explodes as i know it will because it's a Michael Bay film. I'm not saying that they shouldn't explode the station. It's how fast it takes. It feels like 15 minutes. They get onto the space station. Peter Stormare says, you know, do this, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck doesn't do it. I know Dave's saying Peter Stormare's in it. Peter so Stormare's in it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned him. But like, you know, Ben Ben Affleck doesn't do it and the space station explodes. And then they go straight from the space station and they slingshot around the moon and then they land on the things and then it blows up. And I know that sounds exciting, but it's literally one thing after another. And after having a really slow-paced build-up, all of a sudden you've got these characters dying and you're not like, who was in that shuttle when it crashed? Who's just dead? So it, it's not good, Dave. It's poorly edited. That's the real thing to get across about this. It's a mess. Arm- Armageddon is a t- two-and-a-half-hour mess of a film because I don't think anyone... I don't think the script was really thought through. I think they they made a film and then they decided, the execs said, right, no, we need a love story. Let's put a love story in. Right, we need to put that scene there. We need to put that scene there. We need, it, it, it's it's not got enough of the original flavor and it's just it's just a two and a half hour mess. It, it's a really weird watch and, and not like I remember it at all. Okay, thank you very much. I've I've got a lot. To, to work on here i've heard enough unless anyone's got any crucial point they need to make anyone no nope. uh, nope. i'd just like to add oh, um uh, i think it's very <laughs> did anybody else feel weird during there's like a weird sort of like love making scene between Liv tyler <laughs> yeah. and ben affleck where she's listening to aerosmith while they're getting down to it and i was like oh god that's just i didn't naturally feel, notice that yeah, it made me feel a bit weird i thought it was a bit weird when you know in uh, bruce willis <laughs> bruce willis sees him about to make love in a jet engine and he he just stays a little too long i thought like watching watching him up in the jet engine i know it's a touching moment but Maybe it was a touching moment, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> okay, trial closed. <laughs> okay, yeah, i got plenty that I'm going to make a note uh, of there. Uh, do I kill some time with a quiz, meanwhile? Yeah, yeah go, on, yeah. Some time go ahead. Quiz. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I kill time with my own quiz when I've kind of already made up my mind, but here we go. Uh, this is a quiz about, <laughs> about Michael Bay that I call Oil Driller No Filler. Just buzz in as and when you're ready. Uh, First of all, Michael Bay cameos as a frat boy in which superhero parody movie? It's also a film on the shit list, which I'm not too thrilled about. Oh, Mystery Men? Yeah. It is Mystery Men. Point for Alex. Didn't buzz, Gav. That's what what gave me those crucial seconds. Shout in, shout in. (laughs) (laughs) This one's a free for all. Question uh, question two How many Transformers films have there been? Five. uh, Can I just ask a question? Are we talking about one that hasn't been released? Okay, sorry. Uh, How many Transformers films directed by Michael Bay have currently been released? Okay. Alex is still right with five. (laughs) (laughs) Can anyone anyone name them? Oh, God, no. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, Transformers 1, Transformers yep. 2. No, Transformers <laughs> 3, 4, and 5. I'll, I'll give Joel Age. a point for Transformers 1. That, that was Age of Extinction is in there somewhere. Yeah. It's 1, yeah. Anyone else? There are points up for grabs. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, Here's another fallen. one. The, the Last Night or something? Is another one. Dark of Dark uh, of the Moon, Dark Side of the Moon, or something. Dark of the Moon is it? Yeah, yeah, there you go. You well, see, you're right. doing well, well, done. Well, done. Can I just like we went to see the first Transformers film, and I went to see it with Gav, and it was it was honestly hilarious because Gav was like it was like a child on Christmas Day going into that cinema and getting a puppy. And then it was like the puppy was shot in front of him. Like he came, when he came out. He was like despondent. I've seen Gav like affected by serious life things, and he's never been that upset. Like he was, he was genuinely <laughs> inconsolable as he was walking along back to the train station. You just, you like, like quite silent. So I can see why he's got a lot of beef with Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, Alex, if you remember correctly, that 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 started off like a. I think a near 24-hour drinking binge that's <laughs> where we ended up it in did. a park. Almost need to be rescued by fire services. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I remember coming out of that film and I remember thinking it was all right and then Gav just launching this tirade into Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> it changed my mind completely, to be honest with you, Gav. If we'd ever do Transformers, just, just repeat that tirade. I'm judging it. You win. <laughs> Question number three. At the time of writing, what is Bay's highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, uh, Bad Boys 2. Armageddon. Not, Bad Boys. Nope. Star Armageddon, no. No. What did you say, Gav? The Rock. It is The Rock. Point hey. What's With... The Rock? Is The Rock not just like a remake of Armageddon? D- no, because The Rock came out at least but two years before, for one thing. <laughs> and, <it's... laughs> and The Rock is also uh, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage, like diffusing um, chemical weapons. We've also put it on trial. Oh, no, we've seen that. Yeah, no, we yeah. did. <laughs> I should hope so, because we have done it. Like I said, yeah, <laughs> like, got, like a no. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, what's did his lowest know, rate? Um, that actually, oh, something I forgot to mention during the trial, that Bruce yeah. Willis actually survives. Um, at the end of Armageddon, yeah. and he's picked up floating through space, and it's actually the prequel to the fifth element, Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up there. <laughs> uh, what's his lowest rated on um, Age of Extinction? Ball. It's not Age of Extinction. Dark Side of the Moon. No, you're on the right lines, though. Last, the night. last night. It is the last night. Gav was just ahead of Joel on that one. It is the last night. Uh, next question. How many times what has Bay won? But, Sorry? What did it get? Have you written that down? Or? Okay, uh, 15%. 15, oh, wow. 15%. That is poor. That is, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. How many times has Michael Bay won worst director at the Razzies? Not been nominated. Won. Six. Ultra, no, that he's been nominated six. Uh, yeah. No. Twice. Correct. Point for Gav. He has won twice. Jeez, Anyone name those films? Armageddon. Armageddon. Last night. No, no, <laughs> the last, it's, the last it's not the night. last night. You know what? Is it Transformers? They are Transformers films. I'm not. I can't keep doing this for every question because it's just Transformers stuff. It's Revenge, <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen and Age of Extinction. Which director slash producer did? A, actually, you know what? I'm going to switch that around. Which producer slash director? Because I think that's what he's best known for. Uh, did a 15 year old Michael Bay work as an intern for? Uh, filing storyboards for one of the biggest blockbusters of the 1980s. Bruckheimer. No. John Simpson? Steven Spielberg. No. No, but close. It was George George Lucas is right. Yes. That fucker has a lot to answer for, doesn't he? he, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Apparently filed the storyboards for uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is why I was like, it was his Steven Spielberg suggestion. I was like, no, but he's very close. Uh, How many times has Michael Bay collaborated with what I'm going to call a kindred spirit in Jerry Bruckheimer? Three. No. Six. No. Three. No. Joel just Four. said that. Four. No. no. Seven. Two. The one you've not said in between all the numbers. One. Five. 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 Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point about, yes, five. Can what anyone like name one, those films? One, two, three, four, <laughs> six, seven. <laughs> Can anyone name those films? The Rock. Yeah. Bad Boys I'm 1 getting. and 2. Yeah, two points to gather there straight away. Bad Boys 1 and 2. I'm again. Arm again and Pearl Harbor. Points for you guys. Well done. Where is Michael Bay ranked amongst the highest grossing film directors of all time? Oh, God. Top uh, 20. Third. No. Not Top second 10? either. So, so Nine. Fourth. 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 Did you say Joel? Six. 
fourth Seven, is eight. right. I'm going to give that to Joel. Wow. It is fourth. He's only behind Spielberg. Spielberg is first. Cameron. Uh, no, Cameron's Cameron. about sixth, I think. He's, he's lower. Um, yeah, Peter, ja- Peter Jackson's in third. And oh, the okay, Russo yeah. brothers are wow. in second. Really? No, yeah, that makes quantity. sense. Though, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just a quantity of shit pumped into the atmosphere. True that. True that. And for the record, I think Gav mentioned it before, his highest grossing film is one of the Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Oh, uh, cast. This is, this is an obscure fact. Let's see if you know this. cast his cousin Susan's husband. Bear with me. Baycast his cousin Susan's <laughs> husband as Sentinel Prime in Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Who is cousin Susan's husband? Or was cousin Susan's husband? John Lithgow. No. Was. Olivia Newton-John. No, that's what topical. <laughs> <laughs> Literally been is 24 this... hours since that What's news. That a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's poor. Is it the guy who plays uh, Mufasa? It's not. Is that he's also still with us? It is someone who's passed? Ed Asner. Oh, okay. It's not Ed Asner. I'm, Will I'm, Smith. To be honest with you, if Alex didn't get this one out of the gate, I don't think anyone's going to get it. Sean Connery. No, it was Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, and final question. This, this one This one was quite fun. Rob Corddry, who acted in Pain and Gain under Michael Bay, recalled a number of quotes that he'd heard Michael Bay say on set, which he recounted in an interview. Uh, which of these did he not say? <laughs> according, I must say, according to Rob Corddry, which of these did Michael Bay not say? <laughs> did he not say, get out of my way. I don't want to have to yell through you. Give me something to wipe the air with. Are you chewing gum? You cannot chew gum. That is the most unsexy thing you can do when you're trying to do sexy shit. That's Michael Bay rule 302. <laughs> I have done more <laughs> girls than you. Or finally, if the camera's not ready, I'll just fucking shoot without it. Um, the first one. Rule number 300. I hope you haven't come up with, I've done more girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was going to say that one. <laughs> It's, it's that one or real 302 wipe uh, give me something to wipe the air he i don't think he's that clever to i'll shout it's a trick you. question he said all of them hey. oh my God. <laughs> which i think is well, a little insight well, into the mind of michael yeah. bay uh and i'll tell you who else has got a good insight into the mind of michael bay gav who comes out of that quiz with seven points and wins well played you, wow. you know michael bay Wow. I get to, what's the prize? I get to do some drilling later on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, <in space>. uh, <laughs> They're like kindred spirits, aren't they? Gavin, Gavin, Michael. Angry <laughs> Michael and useless. Bay, <laughs> <laughs> we do love blowing shit up. <laughs> and yelling through people. I oh, know you don't like yelling. It's, it's, it's an un- unwanted alternative. Uh, okay. Uh, in conclusion, now that we've had that quiz, well done, Gav. Yeah, my thoughts on Armageddon. So, yeah, it's been a while since I watched it, and I did remember the film being absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like you said, you know, trying to blast an asteroid in two so that it kind of goes around the Earth. I mean, you know, just, just mathematics aren't my thing anyway, but whoever came up with the equation, when's the optimum time to, like, blast the asteroid in two so it goes around the Earth? It doesn't bear thinking about it. It's, it's migraine-inducing. But, yeah, it's absolutely ludicrous plot, absolutely ridiculous. But, like Joel said, you know... You, it, it doesn't matter necessarily that the plot is insane. It's 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 got a great cast. It's a Michael Bay movie. It's going to be ludicrous. It's going to draw people in. It did very well financially, as Gav said, but that does not mean that it is a good film, I acknowledge. Peter Stormar's in it. Thank you, Alex, for, for raising that point. That is a, oh, is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I said it does have a crap script. And I think from what I gathered, no one really defended the script as such. Maybe the plot got a hard time, but the script itself doesn't seem great. I mean, I did pick up on the, the space dementia bit, and I did do a frantic Google, like, is there any truth to that? There is something like they call, uh, NASA call it just simply space stupid, where you, like, forget things. Basic calculations astronauts can't do in the first time in orbit, but they don't go crazy and try and kill everybody. You know, that's that was a stretch too far. So, yeah, a, a bit overblown there. Uh, the dialogue seems cliched and jingoistic. Again, I kind of come back to, you know, Michael Bay, but I, I can't really write a blank check just because he's Michael Bay. Uh, but jingoistic, cliched dialogue does seem like his forte. Um, but he does sound like he was the perfect director for this. As he said, that was a, you know, it's a good point to make. And he's right. Michael Bay, I think, did have, he was the right guy for this project. There's no, no two ways about it. No one else really could have done this with such a plum and have it be such a, such a box office success. And there is some characterization going on, although there is a pointless montage of uh, the rounding up of the, of the, uh, 
the drillers, although that was conceded somewhat sarcastically, I've written here. By, uh, <laughs> the uninspired training montage from the right stuff, acknowledged by Brucey as well. Uh, I didn't mind the fact that the action comes in late. They said not in space until the 70-minute mark. I was thinking of films like The Dirty Dozen, where, you know, they're training for this mission. They don't get there until like, the last half hour of the film. Still makes it, it's just still a good film. Or The Hindenburg with George C. Scott. The thing only oh, comes Dave. down in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like you can save the action no, Dave, don't, the end. Don't, don't think of that when you're watching the Armageddon. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, can, you don't have to have it action throughout. You can save it for a bit and, like, set the scene. You can take your time with it. That's okay. Uh, but there was a stoic Willis performance here. You know, that's, that's not great. Bruce Willis is better than that. And the bland characters, you know, it does sound like he's been fenced into a corner here, as many of the other characters were. Um, you know, with poor pacing and a poor runtime. Overall, the uh, the prosecution said it was boring. And not only that, there was subpar editing, which, you know, editing sounds like a funny thing to, to come down to. But the fact that it was acknowledged by Michael Bay that the editing in this film is particularly poor, that is worth thinking about. And overall, the film sounds quite jarring in a lot of ways. And what really sealed the deal was when Gav was saying there were too many writers for this script and it, when he come away with a crap script and a ridiculous plot and no writer kind of stepped in to put it right michael bay didn't step in to put it right it just seems they ran with this disaster film that as someone made the pun earlier on turned into a bit of a disaster i don't think it's without its redeeming features but i am going to put this film on the shit list Well, very well summed up once again, Dave. Uh, genuine opinions then. I think start with Joel. Probably the right decision for me. It is pretty shit. Although, to hear some of you defend Twister and then say some <laughs> of the stuff against this was probably the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard in my life. Is that this is probably three times the film Twister is, but I would say it's still probably worthy of the shit list, yeah. It's just not very well done, and it is too long. Like, if they had condensed it, I would say it probably would have been a lot better. But I think it's a tough one because, like, it's kind of like such a fondly thought of film. But when you actually sit down and watch it, it's like, well, why? So I think I think it's just kind of one of those films that kind of set the tone for disaster movies at the time. But, yeah, right decision for me. Thank you very much, Joel. Ozzy? I agree wholeheartedly with what Joel said earlier. That this is three times the film that Twister is. And <laughs> I thought Twister was entertaining and was only marginally on the shit list. So I would wholeheartedly put this on the hit list, uh, to be honest with you. I, um, it, it's, it's outrageous, but it's entertaining. It's, you know, and it's, it's, it's definitely more than three times the entertainer of uh, Twister. Oh, okay. Th- thank you very much, Ozzy. You seem to have... I think I feel like you were more against Twister at the beginning of the episodes, and you seem to have warmed to it. As, 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 no, everybody does. The thing with the thing with Twister is it is a shit film. You know, it's an outrageous film, but it's entertaining, and that's I think you know you've got to you've got to think about how you're going to judge the film, and and that's fine. Whichever way you go to for it, I try to judge a film based on what it's what it's trying to be. Twister is entertaining. Ozzy, it's an we're not film. going. We're this not rehashing Twister, right? Twister <laughs> know, is know, a know, hit. But what I mean is, this 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 is entertaining. I, I think yeah. it's great. I genuinely thought it was boss. Okay, thanks, thanks, Ozzy. Alex, uh, I don't think it's entertaining. Definitely think it's on the right list. Um, you know, the big thing is like, you know, oh, you can't take it seriously because it's you know in space and all of that. And that's fair enough. And there's an awful lot you'd let go. Or, you know, and I did watching this, like, why are they taking Gatling guns into space? You know, you just like, fair enough, because they're going to shoot Gatling guns. Do you know what I mean? There's no reason why drillers are taking a Gatling gun onto an asteroid. The if I'm going on a death it? mission, I'm taking a Gatling gun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, but, but you know what I mean? Fine. How, and how does a Gatling gun work in space, by the way? Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's another thing. Like, NASA is apparently shows this film to its managers to try and get them to see how many inaccuracies there are in the film. And that's fine. I don't care because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a film about a space asteroid and stuff like that. It doesn't need to be accurate, but why are they sending drillers up into space instead of getting astronauts trained to drill? It's just for me, a fundamental thing in the film that I cannot, I just cannot get past. And it's one of those plot holes that's so deep and so cavernous that the, the entire film sinks into it. So uh, normally you'd say anything would go on these sorts of films, but that one is just so bad that I, I think it fucks it up from uh, from the get-go. 
Yeah. I, I would agree with Alex. I remember really enjoying this film when it first came out. I thought I was really going to enjoy it again. I was not expecting how fucking long it is. I think if they just would have, you know, got rid of the whole fucking oil rig part, right, and just had it as astronauts learning how to drill, you could have, and got rid of the love story as well, drastically cut this film down to like an hour and a half, and it would have been a like hell of a, a lot to better. like a documentary. <laughs> you could have turned it into a documentary. <laughs> it, it, it just felt, it was all, it was all over the place. It just felt so fucking erratic. And uh, yeah, as Alex highlighted earlier on, Michael Bay did sort of do a semi-apology a few years later where he said, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but we only had about 16 days to work with this. And the script was just a bit of a mess. But then he backed you know, he did 180 a few years later. He was like, I didn't apologize for anything. I'm against fucking brilliant, <laughs> which definitely sounds like Michael Bay. But yeah, uh, so I personally think it's on it's on the right list there. So well done, Dave. Uh, high roller within our previous film on trial, though, which was Twister, which scored 63% and 58% critical and audience scores, respectively. Be it must be lower if if if. Dave said earlier that his highest one was 68. Yeah. Yeah, the rock. Um, so yeah, I'd about I reckon it's around the 50 mark. Okay. Uh, well, it's I'll tell you right now, it's a higher audience score, 78%. Uh, but, yeah, I know, yeah, but a much, much lower critical score with 38%. Oof. So yeah, I, I and I think that maybe see if i would have had to have marked that film before watching it i probably would have marked it much higher so maybe it's just a case of people misremembering the film or maybe we're just cold cynical bastards maybe a bit of both <laughs> anyway thank you very much for your arguments guys really appreciate it thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode we really do appreciate you taking the time out to listen to our episodes if you want more films on trial content check out films on trial.co.uk follow us on all social media at Film Trials on Twitter and Films on Trial on everything else and listen to us on any streaming platform. We will be back in two weeks' time when we put The Impossible on trial. Hopefully, it will be much more possible. Anyway, what have we learned today? Well, whether you're an astronaut or whether you're an oil rig worker, your job is basically a piece of piss. <laughs> and ultimately Armageddon is on the shit list we'll be back in two weeks time with the impossible goodbye you're not telling me Independence Day wasn't a real film couldn't happen well it is since the government suppressed that file <laughs> and look what happened to Randy Quaid he knew man he knew the aliens did attack him. he knew too fucking much which I don't think anyone has ever said about Randy Quaid. <laughs> <laughs>